Long week, Dave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Yep, I'm counting the minutes to my flight. Uh, soon as soon as we're done here, I'm, I'm boogie into Reagan to catch my flight home. Can't wait. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Well, we'll keep we'll keep this uh, we'll keep this nice and nice and tight, nice and short. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, how, how was your week? How was uh, how was DC? It was good. It was long. It was good. Um, uh, still can't wait to get home though. Um, <laughs> I saw that uh, you know Lauren got another article out that talked about her open source. Uh, uh, story, so it's almost like autobiographical of her journey through open source. So it, it, it brought a tear to my eye, and the, um, uh, so a lot of other people too wrote and said, "Oh man, that's awesome!" So uh, that, that was fun. Oh, that's that. great. That's great. Proud dad. That's awesome. Oh yeah. 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 How about you? What are you up to? Uh, let's see. Well, I had to, we'll talk about everything that I was up to. Uh, I think later on in the show. Um, but uh, but I got some I got some uh, some important follow up uh, for you. So. Uh, you know, we've been, uh, you and I, we've been remember the milk folks for, for years now, yeah. right? Um, yeah. and, uh, di- and we've complained even on the show about, uh, the state of remember the milk. It just kind of seems to have, they seem to have forgotten that they're, that they're developing it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> kind of fallen by the wayside over the overload these many years. And, uh, so I, I went shopping around for, for a new option. And, and as we discussed on the show, uh, the last feature that I needed was the repeat after completed feature, right? So yes, yeah. I want to replace my air conditioning filters every six months and not on a fixed schedule, but just, I want it to be six months after I last completed the task. Yeah. Uh, that sounds easy, harder to find than you might think. Uh, and in fact, I finally, uh, a remember the milk competitor, uh, was able to, was able to pull it together. So Todoist is now the, uh, is now the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and, uh, and it's a service I've been, I've been using it for about uh, two weeks now, extremely pleased with it. Uh, also extremely pleased with location sensitive reminders. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, there's a little candy shop that I walk past and when I need to need a reminder that I need to pick up a certain kind of a candy, every time I walk past the door of this shop, uh, my phone goes off and says, Hey, 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 not so fast. You need red whips. So yeah. So I'm pretty pleased. I'm pretty pleased with that. That's awesome. So, are you doing? Is it just the the free version, or did you pay up? Or no, I, I I paid up. The my experience was so uh, my experience was so good. I I, I paid right in. Um, so uh, let uh, let remember the milk lapse, and uh, and I am now a uh, a paid up Todoist user. Wow. Yep. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What else, What else is going on? Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Keybase IO, which we've talked about on the show here. Um, it's uh, uh, I finally got an invite to it. Um, and I, and I've still got some invites to pass out. So if anybody would like to uh, join me on Keybase IO, uh, mm-hmm. I guess just shoot us a note and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get you guys hooked up. Um, the, uh, the Keybase IO service, basically it is a web page that connects all of your, uh, encryption keys, uh, mm-hmm. with stuff like Twitter and Reddit. And so, so it's a way of kind of authenticating your identity, mm-hmm. um, or at least authenticating a bunch of web-based identities, right? So, uh, I can, it's a way of saying this Twitter account and this Reddit account and this Bitcoin address are all tied to this encryption key. Um, so, and it's meant, and it's a meant to be kind of an easier to use tool than the traditional encryption and key management tools, which are a little bit hostile, uh, to your right. average user. Um, yeah. so, eh, I mean, it, it seems like I, I'm, I'm, I, joined it mostly in support of the idea, um, as opposed to it being actually practical in my day to day. Um, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll throw some, some mental power behind that. I think that's uh, I think it's a noble, 
noble goal. So yeah, keybase.io. Go check it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice, nice, cool. Yeah. So what are we? Uh, what all are we talking about this week? There's a busy week. It's, yeah, yeah. So it's all about partnerships, right? We're, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about uh, Dave and Gunner show with uh, Nextgov, uh, Red Hat, and Microsoft, mm-hmm. Marriott, and Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars, <laughs> Marriott, and Starwood, and uh, the New Haven Police, and all your stuff. <laughs> nice the marriott and starwood partnership i'm looking forward to uh i think that would be pretty awesome uh so so if folks want uh links to a keybase.io uh todoist uh or to lauren's article uh where, where should they go dave uh dgshow.org so d's and dave g's and gunner show.org nice and uh i've noticed our reviews on itunes kind of flagging i, I, I could we could use some itunes love um yeah. so if uh, if you have oh. not Oh, one uh-huh. one thing I found out is yeah. that if uh, in this, uh, I was uh, actually talking to somebody about this yesterday. They went to search for us on iTunes, and we did not show up. Um, so, but if people go to dgshow.org and then they click on the iTunes link, then they can subscribe. But we don't show up in the search uh, results. And she said that she knows of uh, somebody else that has that same problem where they have a podcast and it's not showing up in the search results. So. That guy actually had to call like Apple and have him fix it. Oh man, I don't want to call Apple. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, good to know. Good to know. So, uh, if folks, uh, whether they go to iTunes or whether they go to the website, what, what are they going to find on the cutting room floor this week, Dave? Oh, this is the things that nightmares are made of. Um, mm-hmm. So they're going to get some Kmart music, some Ooh. classic Kmart music. Um, uh-huh. Uh huh. Elephant war machines. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, a peek into uh, Scott McCarty's kitchen. Uh, somebody you work with, so uh, we'll, we'll see what what you may what horrors you may find in there. So. That's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So I, I saw. Uh, remember when we were talking about bad BIOS? Yeah. Right? Where yeah. where it was uh, basically you could have one system infect another system by uh, infecting the BIOS of the other one using uh, uh, ultrasonic uh, frequencies and all that. Um, now uh, there's the capability where um, it, you can use that same technology to enhance your ad experience. Oh, that sounds like an enhancement I'm not super interested in. So, but but, but tell me more. Yeah. So you're watching TV. A yep. commercial comes on, and then uh, while that commercial is playing, uh, that commercial is playing out a high frequency tune uh, tones that you can't hear but your uh, mobile device or PC or tablet would be able to hear. And then what it would do is it would set a cookie on your um, device and, and uh, to know whether you listen to that ad for how long and, and all that stuff, which to me, I don't know how useful that is because I would think you would need to have your phone like unlocked and using a, the, a certain app that would be listening for it. Um, but I don't know, like, like what happens if maybe like all of these apps, the way they get monetized is that they embed that into their app, that listening thing. And it's a way to track people, but it's kind of creepy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's super creepy. That's, that's exactly the kind of thing that we, we talk about the kind of, this kind of thing often where it may not cause any actual harm to me. But I am certain that if you did this two million times to two million different people, you could do something pretty evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got to, there's a, uh, the, the, what is it? Quantity has a quality all its own. Um, mm-hmm. So if I was targeting just Dave X with this, kind of not nothing to write home about, but being able to do this to 250 million Super Bowl watchers all at once, you yeah. know, now, now, you're, now you're starting to talk about uh, something pretty diabolical. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, not fun. Yeah. But meanwhile, we got some good uh, uh, feedback from the uh, the last episode we had with uh, Mohana from uh, Nexco. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun interview. Um, yeah, she was a great guest. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to have her back. And they, so what they wrote an article, we interviewed them about the article, and then they wrote an article about the our interview about them writing the article. Nice. So we incepted it. We incepted ourselves. Yes. Yeah. So we need to do a podcast about the article that they wrote about the podcast about the article. That's what we're doing right now. That's next. Yeah. That's next. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah, the other funny thing, and so this was a little while ago. Remember when we were talking about the cat sharing economy mm-hmm. of, of like how to get the foster kittens and everything? Um, yeah. Actually, Uber started doing that. So I, they must be listening to the show. <laughs> and uh, so what you could do, and this this already happened. It happened on October 29th where um, you could order up, fire up your Uber app and then have uh, pay $30 to have uh, kittens delivered to your place of business or wherever. Uh, for 15 minutes and uh, I guess you can keep the kittens if you want uh, or give them back or whatever but it was but the proceeds go to uh, the local animal shelters okay I would love to see the terms of service on those kittens right so like I, I presume you need to hand them back uh, kind of uh, uninjured uh, yes. and and clean and stuff like that right I, I, yeah I would suppose huh yeah. Yeah, and I wonder too it's like do you need to get the kittens or could you actually have them sent to somebody yeah, yeah, no, great question. Could they? Because I'm less interested in the being delivered kittens, and I'm more interested in if I have a kitten infestation, can I pay somebody thirty bucks to take them away? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, yep, yep. All right. Yeah, and remember when this goes back? It reached back into the vault, um, episode twenty-eight of the show, when we were talking about Chippewa Lake, the abandoned uh, amusement park by my house. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's for sale. Oh, nice. I, 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 I'm actually in the market for an amusement park. So, so how much, how much is that going to send me back? $3.7 million. Whoa. See, actually, here's the bummer about that is not so much the $3.7 million. The, the bummer is, the, I mean, the whole charm of this thing is that it is creepy and abandoned, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So the idea that someone would like scrub it up and like make a frontier town out of it or something is, is a little, that's a little disappointing. Well, you don't have to. I mean, you could still buy it and then leave it creepy. <laughs> that's true that's right that's right yeah 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 so and then the other thing is did you see yahoo they they're uh, we talked before about them with their password like going away from the password and, mm-hmm. and now that they're doing uh password free sign in how does how would that work mm-hmm. yeah so like if you go to um let's say so you have the yahoo app or whatever on your phone mm-hmm. um you basically, I don't know how you tell it that it's you, but once you're authenticated with that being you, if all of a sudden you go to like a library and then you go to yahoo.com, you want to check your Yahoo mail, um, you go to log in, you'll get a push notification to your phone saying, hey, this person from this IP address is trying to log in. Do you authorize it or not? And then on your phone, you click, yes, go ahead and do that. And then all of a sudden you're logged in. So you don't have to enter a password at all. Right. So it's still one factor. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so if I stole your phone, I would have unfettered access to your Yahoo account. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, but I, but I guess the guess is if you, if you're able to unlock somebody's phone, it's already game over, right? Yep. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, 
Yeah, I still don't. No, thank you. That doesn't. Oh. I, that doesn't sound like a service I'm interested in having. Yeah, but you don't sound like the typical Yahoo user, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, if somebody broke into my Yahoo account right now, they would probably be getting what fifteen years worth of spam, right? <laughs> that I haven't checked. Like, like, yeah, there's probably like a dedicated server just for the spam that's collecting in, in like you're in my email box. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But on the other hand, Amazon is actually uh, moving in the opposite direction, right? They've actually added a, a factor um, yep. to their to their uh, to their login. So yeah, now they've got uh, Amazon's got two factor uh, at long last. Yeah, and you could use uh, I guess you could do SMS, um, but or you could use uh, like free OTP or Google Authenticator, like like we like to use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's awesome. It's all standards based. Yeah, I love it. Excellent. Um, yeah. yeah, and and of course, DG Show recommendation ever if you, when, whenever you have the opportunity to do a two factor or two step authentication, you should definitely do it. You Absolutely. Do it. Yeah. So, have you tried out Windows Ten yet? Uh, no, I'll be honest with you, Dave. I I wouldn't even know how to get a copy of Windows Ten. I don't even know. I wouldn't even know where to start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't tried it yet either. But I just remember from just using Windows eight how maddening it was from like start menu like not being there and just just it was just so such an angering experience. I, I was never frustrated by a piece of software before. Um, but Windows ten they got their start menu back. Um, but one of the things that's showing up now is that like ads are showing up in the start menu. Whoa, that seems super intrusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's not it's that is actually uh, probably a clickbaity sensational statement, uh-huh. uh, but the reality is is that in the start menu it has recommendations for Windows apps that you may like. So, um, so uh, it's, okay, yeah. So like their app store, it they'll basically analyze all the Windows apps you have installed, and it'll be like, oh hey, you haven't installed this one yet. This would be a great one to install. Um, and so it's on. I think it's on by default, but you could uh, turn it off. Um, you have the option to turn it off. But uh, so yeah, that's what's going on there. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, well, I guess what's interesting about that. I mean, it's it's one thing to actually deliberately go into a marketplace and be advertised to, right? Which is what happens in all the app stores already. Yes. Um, yes. It's another thing to actually bring that up in the user experience too, like taking a first order user interface element and turning that into an advertising surface that's uh that's a that's some like dell bundleware uh strategy right from like from like the mid 90s yeah or even you know like i always like to me whenever i'm doing like demos or presentations where you have your web browser up on the screen mm-hmm. i love using adblock plus or you know having a blank page for the new tab because i don't want people seeing what you know it's a distraction <laughs> yeah. right and then also it's like you know Oh, what's he looking at with uh, you know, Arduinos or whatever? And uh-huh. it's like I don't. Or, but you can imagine people looking at Stranger Things that they just don't want to let other people know that they're looking at. And then it's like every time you go to your start menu, it's like, oh, you should look at this weird app that you know based upon your profile. Um, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, 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 that could go that could go sideways fast. And and you know, in theater, there's an old saying like you should never uh, you should never share a stage with a dog or a baby. Uh, the idea that yeah, like the dog, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The dog and the baby are always going to be more interesting than you are, um, and I feel the same way about 
uh, screenshots uh, on uh, mobile phones and uh, mm-hmm. people's browser tabs, right? Because if I see browser tabs, I'm checking out what people are. I'm not looking. I'm not paying any attention to the presentation. I'm taking a look at what other brow, what other stuff they've got on their on their browser tabs. And if they're and if I'm looking at their mobile phone, like a screenshot of their mobile phone, I'm looking at how much battery they have left. I can't help. Right, myself. and who their carrier is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, privacy is important. Privacy is important. Yeah. Speaking of car privacy, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So uh, looks like the U.S. is trying to do some regulation uh, to make hacking of cars uh, illegal uh, for security purposes. Okay, I, I liked the first part of that sentence, and then it suddenly went went pear shaped when you got to the mm-hmm. end of that sentence. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So they they need to. Uh, so let's see. The maker uh, has to place reasonable measures to protect the information against loss of unauthorized access or use. Vehicle makers could face a civil penalty for violation of these rules of not more than $5,000 a day, which to me is pretty cheap, um, with the maximum penalty for a series of violations by a single manufacturer being uh, $1 million. So it's a $1 million cap, if they, which to me I think is a, a very low limit. Yeah, yeah, no, that does seem like a, that does seem like a low limit. But also I'm concerned about... Uh, is it like, what kind of information are you trying to protect and under what circumstances? Because I can imagine, you know, especially, you know, like Tesla's famously are kind of hackable and you can get in there Mm -hmm. and like mess with firmware and then things like that. And I can understand there being some concern around that. It's a little weird that they're focused on the privacy angle of this, as opposed to the, like, you might actually make your car dangerous, uh, or violate emission standards. Like that, that, that seems like a completely... They seem like two different problems, which they've now conflated and solved in the same way, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, they probably don't want, like, from a privacy standpoint, like GPS logging information or whatever the black box stuff is. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Things. yeah. And then um, the other thing is that they said that uh, one of the proposed sections is uh, uh, on, on motor vehicle uh, data hacking would make it illegal and impose a civil penalty of up to $100,000 for each violation if a person accesses without authorization an electronic control unit or critical system of a motor vehicle or other system containing data uh, for such motor vehicle, either wirelessly or through a wired connection. Yeah. So that I don't, yeah, that, that seems, that seems fraught. And also, Hey man, like, wait a minute. So the manufacturers get 5,000 a day up to a million and the, and, and if you're not an organ, uh, and if you're not a computer or, or a car maker, then the violation is a hundred thousand dollars a pop, uncapped, for per per violation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about a cap, but yeah, it's like, yeah. And then what about like to me? This reminds me of the. Remember how with uh, was it DCM, DMCA where you can't reverse engineer cryptography like for researchers and stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that. You know, again, go back to the whole Volkswagen example of like if the code's available for researchers to look at um, and analyze, that could have possibly been found a lot sooner uh, yeah. in the Volkswagen case. Yeah, and you bring up a great point about the DMCA because, as my understanding of the DMCA is that it would also cover the software that is inside a car, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, you're, <laughs> you're actually in a situation now where the copyright office has the opportunity to tell us whether or not we're allowed to mess with the software in the car, mm-hmm. which seems wrong and sideways. God, what a mess. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. And it, I, it's, I, yeah, there's no clear answer either. Cause it's like, there are some other stuff, you know, people was FCC was talking about, Oh, you can't hack your, um, you can't replace the firmware on your 
router and all that. And then there were provisions that would be like, no, if you want to do an open source like DDWRT on your router, it's okay to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what about that in the car space? Sort of like what you were getting at. It's like, what if I could do the quote unquote DDWRT for my Tesla, um, where it's like I, I make it go faster or make it less safe in some way and, mm-hmm. and then it ends up killing people or something. I, I can imagine avoiding the warranty or any liability from the car manufacturer, but um, you know, it should, should end users be allowed to modify their car, um, you know, and without any oversight. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, and, and the answer is maybe, right. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe, maybe it's totally fine because like I could take any, machine in my house and make it lethal or dangerous and there are all kinds of rules that that make sure that i don't want to do that right um there's like i could be held uh, criminally liable i could be held liable in civil in a civil case uh or both um Mm -hmm. and so it seems weird to kind of focus in on the on the car i don't know i don't know that's Just well, even like on, on motorcycles, it's like that's something that people do a lot because like if I change the exhaust uh, on a motorcycle, if it's fuel injected, mm-hmm. um, I need to go into the electronic uh, uh, fuel control unit to reprogram the, the, the timing ramp for the fuel air mixture um, or, you know, it would or the, the motorcycle won't work as well. Um, but still, people would do that to not just to get the, the the new muffler, like the you know the the sport muffler that has the cool sound on it to to work. But people would do that to also get like more horsepower and torque uh, beyond the original manufacturer's spec. And and people do that now. Yeah, so just that this whole thing seems not all the way thought through, right? It mm-hmm. seems like it seems like the, it seems like this is a much more complicated problem than this legislation might suggest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, we talked about this before. It's like it's a very hard problem to solve where it's not, you know, the life cycle of like a cell phone is like, what, two years. And whereas a car, you could have a 68 Camaro. So who's responsible for supporting it or, or things like that as, it, as they turn into like computers on wheels? Right. Right. Yeah. Just so. Just so. Yeah. So let's see. Oh, uh, so there was the OpenStack Summit. Um yeah. Which uh, I don't have a whole lot to re- to report on that, um, except that a friend of the show, Eric Morrissey, uh, was able to present his uh, TCO for OpenStack uh, kind of formulations over the summit, and that was uh, that was well received. And uh, you can catch the presentation yourself. There's a link in the in the show notes. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Yep. Cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's and see. Azoma, he told us about the. Uh... New Haven Police Department. They're in the news. Yeah, again, I was, it seems like every three months or so we get a, like a we get an article from the New Haven Police Department about some banana noodles thing that they've done. Yeah, yeah. So the thing they're doing now is that um, I guess they're they're trying to combat the theft that's going on in people's cars because people are leaving their their cars unlocked. So it's like, oh, uh, so the police, you know, they're walking around, they're on the beat and all that. They walk past a car, they see there's a laptop or a iPad or whatever of perceived value sitting on the seat or the back seat or something like that. And then they'll, they'll try to open the door and it's like, Oh, Hey, the door's unlocked. So then they'll open the door. They will take whatever they find a value there, leave a note saying that, Hey, um, New Haven police department has your stuff. Um, please come and pick it up. We have it for you. Um, and if you don't come and get it, we will, I, I don't know, dispose of it or, you know, give it away or, or whatever, send it up to auction. And um, 
Yeah, yeah. So that is that is unbelievable. There is no way that that's legal, right? Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. way that that's legal. It's a service. <laughs> Maybe they can help me optimize my ad experience while they're at it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. just that. That's just that's just bananas. I mean, so and so, it's bad enough. The 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 civil forfeiture laws are goofy. I just heard this news yesterday that the civil forfeiture that is like when the police uh, catch you, especially doing like drug stuff, they can seize basically like everything in arm's reach uh, and then sell it for profit, and the and the money goes to uh, goes to fund the police departments, right? And so you see this like perverse set of incentives around that, right? Like so, um, I stop a guy for. Uh, for some even a minor drug charge well okay now the guys all the guys possessions are the police belong to the police his car belongs to the police his house like all this other stuff right so uh it turns out that the the dollar worth of civil forfeiture in 2014 exceeded the total value of all the burglaries in 2014 wow another so good job police departments you're doing you're doing great you're doing great you've you've outrun the criminals once again um and so that makes this that makes this like new haven police department news even like that much more sinister right um Mm -hmm. because now you don't even have to do anything wrong before they Mm -hmm. will take your stuff and if you don't show up like they will auction it off um this is the like this is the kind of thing that starts like armed revolts like i don't want to sound like some like uh crazy uh backwater person but like that seems inc- like that seems like incredibly intrusive, even to this relatively liberal uh, East Coast guy, right? Yeah. Well, I think Texas is getting to you. <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe it's a, maybe I got some Texas in me now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Like, what what if they steal your duffel bag of snakes or, or something? <laughs> big surprise there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh yeah, let's see what else here. Oh, Ozoma also also uh uh lit us up on the uh the Marriott buying Starwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one less reason to uh bifurcate your loyalties to uh, across multiple vendors. Um, so that's great. Yeah, no, I'm great. I I was really I was beginning to really enjoy Westons uh, so much mm-hmm. so that I was considering like maybe I can maybe I can do the flip. But of course, there aren't anywhere near as many yeah, Starwood prop. Yeah, there's yeah. not enough Starwood properties. But now if I can do Marriotts. Uh, from like my courtyards and and my residence inns and things like that, but uh, I can get to a Westin if I'm in a big city. Uh, sold. Yeah. That's. Uh, but is a Westin going to turn into a Marriott? Uh, God, I hope not. I like those. Those beds are great. I'll take one of those. Yeah. One of those dream beds. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, if 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 Starwoods can stay Starwoods, and I've heard very nice things about Sheraton's as well. So if we can keep those two things together, that that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. 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 More, we've got more travel news for you. Oh, good. Yeah. So there's, um, uh, uh, like, you know how you, you have, like, you like to print your boarding pass, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a printer. Yep. What do you do with it when you're done with it? Uh, I actually keep it. I've got, uh, I, I have almost every boarding pass I've received in the last like 10 years. Wow. Yeah, they're all like that guy that keeps you go to the trade shows and you keep the lanyards. (laughs) I have them all individually framed and someday they're going to be worth a lot of money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I keep them in the file folders with uh, with the receipts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I don't I don't know why I keep it, but I I, I do. Yeah. I this is like it. yeah, this is like uh, I'm learning a new side of you. It's like you keep newspapers and all of a sudden you start having cats and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
it's yeah. it's just the first step on that very long road. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can have some cats delivered. I I, 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 I know service. So. Yeah. yeah. So it winds up. Um, you can there's like a ton of data inside that barcode in your boarding pass, and so that's one of the the new security things where. You know, it, it has stuff like your phone number. It has your uh, frequent flyer stuff and all that. Um, but what what else is interesting is if if you go in the show notes, you'll see that um, there's actually a website that you could go to. There's a barcode reader slash decoder, hmm. and where you could actually um, uh, plug in like all kind of devices and it'll decode it. Like so, you could send in like a scan of your. Um, driver's license, and it'll rip out all the information and tell you. I don't know what they're going to do with that data, Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of scary. But one of the ones that they had is for CAC cards, you know, the smart cards, um, where it has the person's blood type inside of it. Whoa. Whoa. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so you could check out the samples or um, possibly add to their database by scanning all the the cards that you have in your wallet and... uh, They'll tell you what what you got. Well, and now and now you got me thinking, like uh, you know, especially cat cards, which are meant to be worn around the neck and conspicuous. It seems like uh, you know cameras are getting good enough where I should be able to take a photo of a crowd and be able to like yank all the blood types out of the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe I mean, from a blood type standpoint, maybe it does make a lot of sense. It's like, oh my gosh, what's this guy's blood type? And then they could just skin the. Uh, yeah. The yeah. Cat I, yeah. Oh, totally. I see why they do it. Um, yeah. I just, I'm just thinking about like the opportunity for doing it, you know, like a mass, mm-hmm. not, I don't want to say surveillance, but um, even just like one photo of a crowd of, mm-hmm. of cat cards. Anyway, hide your cat cards when you're not in the building. That's, that's yeah. the moral of that story. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I keep, I keep wondering, it's like, why do they have to bake that data into the barcode when it could just be um, just like, uh, and we talked about this before too, right? With the the police of uh, you know being able to you know where you you have um, oh the uh, driver's license on the mobile phone, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, should it just be a thing in a database? But I'm sure it's probably like for environments that don't have internet connectivity, it, it could be a problem. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. so like if you're you get pulled over in the boonies or something, and there's no internet access, well, how can if I just get this? Um, key in a database is that it doesn't help me. Yep. It doesn't tell me anything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then um, the other thing is um, with uh, have you seen the thing with American Airlines now? Now they're now they're basing frequent flyer miles based upon ticket price. They're yeah, Delta and others. Yeah, and I see these guys are uh, these guys are hell bent on losing my business um, between between this and uh, I also got the offer to. Uh, maintain my platinum status with them for $650. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, mindful that for $650, I can get the exact same uh, uh, upgrade uh, success ratio that I've had since the acquisition, which is zero. I have received zero. Uh, I went from 100% to zero. So anyway, no thanks. I'm going to go I'm gonna go find somebody else to, to fly me places. Uh, Americans totally lost me. Yeah. I'm yep. sure. I'm sure they'll be sorry. They'll be sorry mm-hmm. that. Yeah, they will be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we got good news. We do have good news. We do have good yeah. news. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're like clogging up the CDN with all kind of new software. Right? <laughs> we were literally clogged. Yeah. Uh, 
we had a team unclogging the CDN uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. Yeah, so we've got, uh, we had a, we have actually, this is more product releases on one day for Red Hat than I think we've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. So just to run down the list, we did Red Hat Enterprise Linux 7.2, uh, which included uh, uh, RHEL for real time. Uh, the Red Hat Enterprise Linux Atomic Host, that's our container platform, uh, mm-hmm. or our container host, uh, and then the Atomic Enterprise Platform 3.1, which is the mm-hmm. kind of Kubernetes you know, container infrastructure tool. Built up on that was OpenShift 3.1, which also, sh- which also shipped, so that's the latest version of, uh, of our PaaS. And then if you want to go build containers to go stick in that PaaS or stick on the Enterprise Atomic, uh, the Atomic Enterprise Platform, you can use the CDK2 uh, which was also released, um, which makes use of software collections and the developer tool set, also available. Uh, then we've got the Red Hat Enterprise Linux server for ARM, uh, which is now which is remains in development preview, but that's uh, that's gone to seven point two as well. And last but not least, certainly not least, is Red Hat Enterprise Virtualization three point six, which went into beta. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and if that's not enough, there's six more product releases coming next week uh, before the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, yeah. I was I thought I was going to take a nice Christmas or uh, Thanksgiving break, but now I got to look at all the software here. <laughs> it is it is it is a ton, and I cannot describe to you like what a Herculean effort it is to coordinate all those product schedules and get all that stuff out on the same day. Um, it's uh, it really was amazing, and it was an amazing team um, that did all the work. Uh, so really, really great stuff. So anyway, some of the highlights, so this is my job now is to be able to talk about this stuff, but like one of the cool things, uh, in rel 7.2 is, uh, we've done a ton of work on networking performance, Mm -hmm. um, to the point where like now rel 7.2, like an average industry server should be able to saturate an entire, um, uh, 10 gigabit link. Um, yeah, which is no small feat. Um, and in fact, in a lot of, I think we actually managed to double, networking performance um mm-hmm. in a lot of cases so uh, it's uh anyway big release you can do a pci dss compliance out of the box like as part of the mm-hmm. install procedure instead of doing it as a yeah, second well, step later yeah in uh, the stig too like with anaconda oh yeah so mm-hmm. yeah so like on the way out in anaconda you could have it apply any scap policy you want yeah oh which is great which is mm-hmm. great um so yeah, anyway, a ton of fun stuff to play with. Um, it's all available on uh, the Red Hat customer portal um, and mm-hmm. on our, our container registry, so uh, go get it. Yeah, I, I can't wait for the day that I can run all that stuff on Azure. Dave, I am pleased to tell you that that's another thing what? that happened this week. Oh, yes. No way. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Tell me more. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I think someone described this as uh, Luke Skywalker making a deal with Darth Vader. Uh <laughs> And who was who? Some, someone else described it. Yeah, exactly. Someone else described this as like Hatfields and McCoys bearing the hatchet. Um, so Microsoft and Red Hat, after a very long, uh, this was a this was a long time coming, mm-hmm. um, we finally figured out uh, ways in which we can start helping each other and working together. And mostly, and this is largely or entirely because customers were asking for it, right? As you mentioned, um, a lot of customers enjoy the Microsoft Azure cloud platform and wanted to be able to run Red Hat Enterprise Linux in it um, and vice versa. So people building applications on OpenShift, um, they wanted to build .NET applications. And so how do we bridge the, you know, the, the for a long time, we've been kind of uh, a little bit like North Korea, South Korea, kind of staring at each other across the DMZ and, you know, we've never talked to each other. Um, but now uh, it, 
the world is changing, you know, between cloud and all these new development platforms coming out. And um, it's starting, it just now makes a ton of sense for Microsoft and Red Hat to be working together on stuff that we both care about. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously we want RHEL running on Azure. We want OpenShift running on Azure. That makes a ton of sense. Likewise, Microsoft wants to be able to have their .NET workloads running on our platforms. And so that's uh, that's kind of what this partnership's all about as a uh, starting yeah. collaborate. So it's, it really is building on the partnership that we already had around our cross-certification of hypervisors. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of a baby step towards this much deeper partnership uh, that we've got running today. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, worked out great. Yeah, very exciting. Yes, it is very exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, you know what else is exciting is uh, is the new CVE database. Yep, yep. Yeah, they they uh, refreshed that. So there's a nice security blog about that. Where it, you know, one of the things they talk about is um, the effectiveness of certain products. So um, you know, like uh, a lot of times it would be a multi-step process to see that oh, Red Hat has a CVE, and and you're not sure. Well, is RHEL 4 affected? Is RHEL 6 affected? Is JBoss affected? Um, we just clearly say, yes, it, it is, or no, it's not, you're fine. Um, so it removes a lot of ambiguity, uh, and it makes it really easy for uh, people that uh, are, are, you know, to make their systems as secure as possible. Yep, yep. That's excellent. Yeah, great work. Uh, that team really did a wonderful job in uh, making, and also it's just much more pleasant to look at. Right. It's just mm-hmm. it's a it's, visually it's 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 more lovely, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, also, this week, of course, terrible news out of Paris um, yeah. with those attacks. I mean, just horrifying. And um, and also horrifying was uh, this kind of ongoing conversation. We're actually in the middle of it right now is this ongoing conversation about um, a lot of governments are using this as an opportunity to uh, move their encryption agenda forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's a land grab for, yeah, to have the pendulum swing more towards, yeah, eroding yep. uh, everybody's liberties. Yep. yep. Um, and so it was with not a little bit of glee I read yesterday that um, not only were the uh, were the attackers apparently uni- using uh, PlayStation 4, PlayStations uh, to, uh, to chat and organize themselves, but also using unencrypted SMS messages, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which means that not only would encryption was irrelevant, uh, but also that whatever kind of blanket surveillance we already had in place was actually irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so lesson learned there, I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope. Um, and then I and then I've, I got a lesson learned. Um, yeah. So a coworker of mine, actually a guy who works for me, um, wrote this up. I've got a link to it in the show notes, this blog post. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he was writing about a meeting that I was actually also in. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was... Six six of us on the call going through a whole bunch of work that had to get done, and mm-hmm. one guy on the call kept saying like, "Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. You know, yeah, sure. No, I'll take that item. Yeah, you know, I'll take that." And at the end of the call, as we reviewed all the action items, we said, "Hey, wait a minute. This guy took all almost all the action items. Like, that's not fair. Let's let's start splitting it up." And indeed, we did. We split up the work uh, amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. and he and I both realized that this was probably or almost definitely intentional on this guy's part. So here's mm-hmm. the hack take all the action items for the meeting and then mm-hmm. people will feel bad at the end of it and they will start mm-hmm. taking work away from you. Yeah. I'm not playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 it's too easy to get burned. I, 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 yeah. No, I, I want to be, I want to be on meetings with Josh all the time. Now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you do have to you do have to make sure that not everyone is playing the same game in order for that to work. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I would be inviting him to all the meetings. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, Dave, I know you got to get to the airport. Uh, so why don't we uh, why don't we put a pin in this? Yeah, yeah. So for everybody to um, it, it, speaking of Darth Vader, um, yeah, to to get to the show notes and see the cutting room floor where there's a wonderful statue of. Um, uh, Lennon that got replaced by a statue of Darth Vader that has a Wi-Fi hotspot in its head. Uh, where do we need to send people? <laughs> they could go to uh, dgshow.org. Uh, that's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks, Gunner, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.